How do you do, fellow kids, and welcome to Reskinned. A weekly episodic discussion of the star-studded and scandalous teen drama phenomenon of the late 2000s, Skins. This week we'll be talking about the final episode of series one. Finale, everyone, Anwar, whoever. (laughs) This episode was written by Brian Elsley, who, as we know, was the co-creator of Skins with Jamie Britton, his son. And the episode was directed by Adam Smith, who also directed a couple of our favourite episodes of uh, this series. He directed the Jal episode, Mm. he directed the Chris episode, and he directed the Effie episode. Fantastic. This week, our signature drink will be... Uh, Kraken rum uh, and cherry Pepsi, raspberry Pepsi. Um, so my mum bought us these little Kraken rum miniatures to have, so we'll be having them. Rum and Coke was my signature drink when I was a teenager, um, when I first went out. Why, why, why did you always order a rum and Coke? Well, because when I first went out, I, I didn't know any drinks. I just knew I didn't like beer. I went up to the bar and the only drink I knew was rum and Coca-Cola from the um, pulp song Common People. You, you mentioned this the other day and then the, the song that I associate with a rum and Coke, other than Common People, is The Day We Caught the Train, bizarrely. Who's that by? I want to say Ocean Colour. So it was some, it was like a wow. late 90s kind of Brit pop come lately band. Mm. Um they were pretty bad. Well, there we go. Our little rum and coke moment inspired by songs. Cheers! Cheers! Well done on making it all the way to the end of series one. It's been a real roller coaster ride. It has. So this episode is, I think, an episode of missed connections and hilarious mix-up as as all of our characters are coming together or falling apart. Oh, really? Yes. Shall we just dig straight in? I will say about this episode, I think there's a lot goes on in it. It's kind of similar to episode one. There's some big kind of set piece moments, mm-hmm. but there's also just a lot of moving characters around the sort of chessboard or movie characters around the map and there's a lot of people sitting and talking which I think Skins is very good at doing uh, and not a lot of people would get away with that not a lot of shows could get Mm -hmm. away with that so obviously we do our did you like this episode segment at the end yes but uh preempting that i'm gonna come right out and say that this episode is a hot mess well no it's not i absolutely disagree it is a wait it's not it's like it's not bad i didn't say it was bad i just said it's a hot mess Mm, i disagree with that as well but let's let's dig in and see where we go let's not preempt too much um so the episode opens with a bunch a little bit of a montage of everybody in bed uh so cassie is in bed with the character who is listed in the credits as water bottle girl water bottle girl uh poor girl doesn't even get a name she's the girl from cassie's episode who was drinking water to sort of fill her up before she went for her weigh-in at this facility that they're at for their eating disorders Uh, so it starts with that classic skins close-up of of the character's face as well and Although, as we know, this is an, an ensemble episode, it doesn't focus on any particular one character. Mm. Uh, Anwar gets a little bit more screen time than he has throughout the rest of the series. And I think the, the, the popular theory is that Anwar was supposed to have his own solo episode, like we talked about in the Russia Maxi and Anwar episode. So I wonder if you know a good chunk of the material from this episode was originally going to be Anwar's episode, but it 
it seemed like his birthday was a good occasion for... I think that's what it is. I think it's the Anwar birthday stuff was supposed to be Anwar's episode. Um, and I'll kind of talk about that later because there's one very specific moment that I think speaks to that later on. Okay. So we've got this little montage of everyone waking up in bed. Uh, Sid, Michelle, Anwar and Chris is at Angie's house. Uh, oh dear. A, an uh-oh moment. This is something they tell you not to do as a screenwriter, like open a script with characters waking up and particularly not with an alarm, like an alarm clock sounding. And we get both of these things in this scene and it absolutely works. So what they tell you to do and what you should do is sometimes two different things. We also get Tony, who's not waking up. He's looking out the window again. Another kind of Tony recurring motif. But like there are lots of characters looking through windows throughout this episode. It is the recurring motif in this episode. Yes, it is. Everybody looking through a window. Um, but Tony is looking out of the window at uh, Effie, who's getting kind of bundled into a car by the mum and dad, like not by like Josh <laughs> or goons or, or the police. But it looks like she's wearing this ridiculous um, like private school kind of uniform. A boater hat. With a boater hat and like this hugely oversized blazer that makes her look like um, David Byrne. Like it's just really is ridiculous. She, is she going to the same school as Abigail? Oh, they call it the pop I, school. Yeah, I didn't didn't even put two and two together there, but it must be, yeah. So Anwar is on the phone to Maxi, who's wishing him a happy birthday. Uh, Maxi and Anwar, as we know, are still struggling after Anwar has kind of decided to take his faith more seriously, and he's uncomfortable with Maxi being gay. So Maxi challenges Anwar, says that he wants Anwar to tell his parents that Maxi is gay. What do you think of this little ultimatum? It's very, uh, like, this is something that probably wouldn't actually happen in real life, but it it works in terms of moving the plot and characterization along. Mm. If it, it is forced, I think, but it's, it's kind of fair enough. It just feels like this would have been the plot of the Anwar episode, mm. and it would have... I feel like if it had a bit more space to breathe, it might have worked mm. a little bit better, but it doesn't. Um, and it did make me think, and I think there's other sort of moments later that make me feel like this moment with Maxi and Anwar should have come straight after the Russia yeah. episode. Because we've seen Maxi and Anwar hanging out since then. Like yeah. their relationship isn't as fractured as it as it appears in this in this starting point it just it feels like it's pulling us back to something that's happened like two or three episodes ago that we've kind of moved on from a little bit but anyway Anwar hangs up and he gets up and goes he goes and stands at the window just like Tony but he's fully naked and I do and I know that's for the joke to work of like his mum and sisters coming into the room and laughing and it is very funny but I'm like, like, why would you do? Why that? would you stand yeah. at your window fully naked? And Anwar's mum is played by Nina Wadia, mm-hmm. uh, who's fab. Uh, another great piece of guest casting for the parents. Another piece of nineties. You know how much I love casting. that. Yes. So Sid is at home trying to write a letter to Cassie. And he just can't get it right. He says he's shit with words. Uh, another like little nice skins set design touch. On Sid's desk, there's like a, I think an empty beer can 
and like a bong, but the bong is really like warped, yeah. like like cheap plastic bong that is totally yeah. warped, which I just think is like absolutely what Sid would have and would be using. Yeah, the scene starts as well with Sid looking out of the window as well. Oh, does it? it? And then he turns around and writes the, starts writing the letter and sits at the desk. And meanwhile, at the facility... We check in with Cassie, um, who is writing to Sid while Sid's writing to her. Um, this scene feels, again, it feels a little bit forced and a little bit um, on the nose. This scene to me feels absolutely like it fits within the Skins universe. This mm. is like old school romance. It's like the heightened version of old school romance. And it starts this kind of, it kind of gets the the cogs moving on this thing of uh, like missed connections between mm. Sid and Cassie particularly, mm. um, that they are both at the same place and doing the same thing, not at the same physical place, but the same sort of, they're on the same journey and they're doing the same thing. Mm. Um, but, but they're they keep at missing each purposes. other. Oh, yeah, and that was reinforced in the Sid episode as well with the 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 kind of failed communication between his parents yes. and then with him as well. Yes. So Cassie's moving to Elgin uh, and she says everyone is happy there, which is true, of course, because everyone is happy in Scotland. I'm sitting here with a big old <laughs> smile on my Great face right now. Face. Brian Elsley, who wrote who co-created Skins, is Scottish. So I feel like there's lots of nice little touches. And Cassie's saying she doesn't want to speak to Sid, but Sid is kind of... Trying to write it down, but as he's writing it down, he realises he wants to tell her he loves her. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he says he's not, he doesn't feel like he's very good with words and putting them down. Mm. Um, but yeah, he wants there to be a proper connection. So we get this lovely little moment of Sid sort of quickly getting dressed in this mad outfit with like mismatched shoes. Um, the old Mega Dog to the Rescue t-shirt is back, back, back. Um, I still really want a Mega Dog t-shirt and I don't care if it sings or not. Like, I just want one. But would you wear it with a pair of Bermuda shorts, mismatched mismatched socks, mismatched shoes? Yes. The whole ensemble. <laughs> and a hat with a flower in it, I think, at one point. So he wants to, he's getting dressed quickly so he can go and declare his love to Cassie. I think the Sid and Cassie love story is the greatest love story of all time, and I don't mind saying that. I think it is so lovely and romantic in this episode, and it's so interesting to watch the series back, because as I said, I think in the last episode, we don't get as much Sid and Cassie as I remember. Mm. They feel like the sort of central Skins couple to me, and there's not as much of them as I as I sort of suspect as I expected mm. but I don't know because again I although much as we loved the series um and we watched it at the time and we were really into it I do get like what was in season one what was in season two and like even kind of gen stuff mixed up mm. sometimes so but I think that there is a bit more of Sid and Cassie screen time in series two Mm, we shall only find out soon. Mm. Um, so Chris is at Angie's and he asks, are you ashamed of me, Angie? And she says, of course I'm fucking ashamed of you. <laughs> uh, she has a slightly nicer Welsh lilt to her <laughs> delivery than you do. Well. <laughs> uh, it's like Chris only hears what he wants to hear because um, it's like he doesn't register mm. that he sort of is still smiling and it's like it was a joke. But where does Angie start this scene? She's at the window. Angie is at the window for almost her whole (laughs) screen time in this episode. What is this? What is it with skins and windows? 
maybe there's maybe there's like a deeper metaphor around like when you're a teenager you like you haven't quite attained adulthood so you're looking through the window at what adulthood is well I think I was about to say like it's like you're on the outside looking in but like almost everyone is on the inside looking out anyway anyway windows 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 uh windows 97 windows 2007 windows xp (laughs) um so who turns up but Merv? Uh, and who is Merv? Who <laughs> is Merv? Where did you find him? Australia, I guess. But. Apparently. Um, it turns out that he is Angie's fiance, And we get this kind of reconciliation with them where Angie says she threw her engagement ring in the harbour. Well, I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling it for old Merv. I like Angie's dressing gown, though. I haven't noted it as my outfit of the week, but I did appreciate Angie's dressing gown. I I do not, however, appreciate Marv's hideous shirt. No, me neither. Um, I didn't recognise the the actor who plays Marv, actually. Probably should have looked up who that was. Um, Because I do think he's quite good at playing this detestable character. I do think he's good at playing this sort of character that we're not supposed to like, I don't think. Anwar is up at his house. Uh, and he has this kind of confrontation with his dad because he missed prayers because he slept in. Uh, we find out that Anwar's dad is a cab driver, which for some reason it seemed important for me to write down, but I'm not really sure why now. Um, I really like Anwar's dad as a character, though. Yeah, me too. Um, like, Anwar's parents are the only ones who don't feel, like, outright abusive at mm, points. I don't know about that, because I don't think... Oh, I suppose Sid, yeah, I suppose all the parents have been pretty... Well, Sid's rotten. dad was yelling at him for yeah. the whole episode. I know he's Peter Capaldi, so there is a reason for that but uh but yeah but i like the characterization of of anwar's dad like this um strictness and kind of solemnity but balanced with a real streak of humor Mm. yeah i think he's a i think he's an interesting character and a more nuanced character than a lot of the parents i think yes like he's the he has noticed anwar's dad has noticed that Maxie and Anwar haven't been hanging out lately. And like a lot of, I mean, one of the recurring things that the parents has been that they don't notice anything, like they are not interested or they're not aware of what's going on for their kids. Um, And he even offers a bit of advice to Anwar about Maxie as well. Which is? Whatever it is that you've been fighting about, forgive him. Yes, good advice. So Anwar's kitchen is full of people. Uh, This is the closest to my family I've seen represented in Olive Skins. Mm. Like this kitchen full of mad people. Mm-hmm. Anwar's Uncle Manir is mad that he's had to come down uh, for what he thought was an 18th birthday party, but it turns out it's Anwar's 17th birthday. Imagine being mad about that. Imagine. Ah. Uh... <laughs> And then it turns out he's joking. This is a bit of a signature joke for old Uncle Manir. What a joker uh, what he is. an absolute joker. So Cassie is at the facility with uh, Water Bottle Girl playing food-based Scrabble. And it's very impressive that Water Bottle Girl had all the letters for Lollipop in her. It is, set. it is. I wonder how many points she got for that. Cassie is wearing a sailor suit, like a little sailor suit outfit. Kind of Sailor Moon realness, <laughs> which is obviously... You know what I'm going to say. Your outfit of the week. It's my outfit of the week. Um, I think we need to get like a jingle when I just declare Cassie outfit of the week every week. So they end up breaking out of the facility. They jump in a taxi just as Sid is turning up. A missed connection. A there missed we go. Connection. Try to tally that up on the list. 
I thought the taxi driver was going to be the one from Cassie's episode, but it's not. It's a woman. That would have been a nice touch. And there's such something interesting about Cassie and taxis. Mm. I mean, it's because she can get them, I guess. I mean, she can't, she can't drive. Um, taxi for Cassie. Taxi for Cassie. What's she called? Cassie? Ainsworth. Cassie Ainsworth. I wanted to call her Cassie Newton, but I think that's a Buffy character. Yeah, that's the one that eats herself. Yes. So Sid is begging to come in to the facility uh, and in a hilarious mix-up. Yeah, he comes in and says, I have to speak to somebody, I have to speak to somebody in all his mismatched clothes, looking very uh, distressed and distracted. And of course, there's a misunderstanding. Mm. Uh, and he get, ends up getting locked in a cell. Yes, which I don't think they have in mental health yeah, facilities. Uh, yeah, this is a prison it's cell. It's not good practice, I no. would say. Uh, um, I, I would be campaigning for reform with this because, my God. Yeah, so that's uh, so it's not the most progressive or um, realistic depiction of, of mental health services. No, but I think they can sometimes feel like that. Yeah, and I think skins exist in such a heightened universe that whilst there are things about that depiction of mental health that I don't love, it doesn't... Like, it feels like it rings true to me. In the universe of skins. In the universe of skins, yes. Okay. In this very heightened world where, you it's know... It's like the perception of... Yes, okay. that's how it feels. But, I mean, it does look awful. Um, So, back at Angie's place, Chris is outside smoking on his own. He's wearing a black hoodie and jeans. It's like the most muted outfit we've seen Chris in this series. I think it's the first time we've not seen him in, like, a signature orange and green. Yeah. Or one of his lovely fake Versace tops. And it just makes me feel so sad. It's a bit of a downer moment for Chris. A Debbie Downer for old Chris. Uh, Angie's looking out the window... Uh, and she's looking at her engagement ring. She didn't throw it in the harbour. What is she up to? Liar, liar, pants on fire, Angie. Telling porkies. She's telling pork pies. So Chris is understandably angry about this, uh, and he marches over and confronts Marv, mm. who is really dismissive of Chris. Yeah. Like he's, I think there's, I think that's an interesting choice because I think a lot of people would have had like this Merv character be threatened by Chris as mm. like this younger, hotter, new boyfriend. Mm. Um, but he's really dismissive of him. He does say that he has a beautiful little cock, which he's heard from Angie. And at a certain point, he asks Chris, "How old are you?" And Chris says he's seventeen. And Merv says. You haven't got a soul yet. Mm. Um, it's like, I kind of wondered whether that was like a thesis of the series, like do 17 year olds have souls, which is not the case. Um, but it does, uh, this idea that people don't take people this age yeah. seriously, like feels like quintessential to what Skins is and what it's about. Yeah, that, you know, we talked about how Cassie in particular, but like all of the characters are patronized or underestimated in some ways mm. by the adults that are around them mm. so yeah it's like i think in a way that the whole marv um exchange really crystallizes that theme mm. so after that we get this nice little scene with michelle and effie uh, another one of these kind of interesting skins pairings that we don't like we don't see these two characters together very often and certainly mm. not on their own we've hardly ever really seen michelle without tony mm. Uh, apart from in her own episode. Or with Jal. 
or with Zhao. But in this scene, like, Michelle really cares about Effie. And I think they do... She almost kind of has, like, a big sister relationship. It, well, yeah, but I think it's funny because I think it's one-sided on Michelle's Oh, it's side. very one-sided. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think Michelle... I think there's an inherent comedy in it because Michelle sees it as that and Michelle sees it as her being... It, like as if it's a dialogue but it's absolutely not and Effie's kind of barely entertaining her well you say that but um we find out in this scene that Effie's parents have sent her to the posh school mm-hmm. and she's back to not speaking and I think Michelle is the only person in the series to ever acknowledge that Effie doesn't speak mm. which I think I mean it's <laughs> it's not hard like she doesn't speak for the whole <laughs> series she has got one line well two lines she's got a line in this episode later on but Michelle's the only person that kind of points it out, yeah. which I think is Michelle's role sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think Michelle and Jal can can share this role of being yeah. the one to say things that other people aren't saying. Uh-huh. But then that gets kind of turned on its head as well because M- Michelle instantly goes into talking about herself and Tony. Yes. Again. So it's like, here we go again. And you can kind of hear Effie's eyes rolling a bit. Yes. Uh, she uh, Michelle says, sometimes I think you're the only person in the whole world Tony cares about. Uh, and then she says, I'm glad you're okay. Like, I just really like this little scene. I thought it was really sweet. Um, so Tony's still at home and he's watching videos of Michelle on his phone. And she's kind of back to not returning his calls. Uh, and Tony is crying in this scene. An extreme close-up on Tony's face, which is held for a really long time. It's like Sinead O'Connor's nothing compares to you. (laughs) Waiting for that tear to roll down his cheek. Uh, And like after last week, and like I feel like I know more what Tony's deal is now, and I care Mm. that he's crying. I don't necessarily know that I want Michelle to answer his calls, but I care that he's upset. Yeah. Maxi is outside of Anwar's birthday party watching uh, Anwar show up with his mum and his sisters and everybody goes in. Uncle Munir is DJing and playing Altered Images Happy Birthday as sung by Claire Grogan. Yes, who, of course, turns up later in, in uh, Skins Gen 3 as Minnie McGuinness's mother. Yes, so it becomes very... It's what's it called, the celebrity paradox. It's a snake that eats itself. A celebrity paradox, I like that. So Michelle and Jal turn up to Anwar's party. I feel like I've got a really good handle on their friendship now. Like, I really like it. Yeah. I kind of want to know, Michelle and Jal of season one's characters are the characters I would most like to revisit now. Yeah, Michelle and Jal... As we said before, they're frequently paired up. Zhao tending to be in the role of the listener and the sort of supporting character to Michelle dealing with her issues. But it's um... but in this episode, I think they just feel like mates. Yeah. Like now that we've got Tony out of the way, they feel like two good mates. One of my favourite things about this scene, though, is that Michelle and Zhao turn up to this party, and Michelle's dressed in you know a kind of signature Michelle outfit, which is like. Um, quite a, a skimpy pink top under like a sheer blouse mm. and I can't remember what else she's wearing but when they turn up Anwar's dad says 
oh, it's great to see you like so modestly dressed yeah. or something, but it's like not played for laughs. It's, it's like played quite serious. It's like, uh. I don't know that that's that modest, but let's <laughs> go with that. Um, so Cassie turns up at Sid's house. So another missed connection. It appears to be Sid's mum that answers the door, or it's certainly a woman's voice. Yeah, but uh, this was something that I wasn't sure about, whether this was supposed to be Sid's place that you know, Sid's bedroom at home because it seems to be the same bedspread and like the computers there and stuff, but it's shot from a different angle. Mm, um, I think and it's it looks kind of different. Yeah, but I'm also like, is like, are, are the mum and dad entirely, back together? Yeah. Or? So Cassie leaves Sid the letter that she wrote him, but she doesn't notice the letter that's on his desk. Mm. For her, missed connections. And as this is happening, we get uh, a bit of a montage to the song It's All Over by the Broken Family Band. And who's more broken at this point than our little Skins family? So we get this montage of Cassie and Sid kind of missing each other and and, and it's all over. Uh, and Chris and Angie. So Chris does a little bit of digging. He gets quite upset because he's flicking through photo albums of uh, Angie and Marv. And of course, in Chris's episode, one of the inciting incidents for, for Chris running away mm. uh, from the house involved a photo album as well. So it's interesting that image came back. But Chris also finds a video, like a VHS videotape, which he pops on and it's footage of Merv's previous job in Australia uh, as a weatherman. And Chris thinks Merv is gay. What the hell? What is this? That Like, just like, how did this happen? Like, Angie's boyfriend is going to come back and he's an Australian weatherman. It's just so weird, like, it's so specific. Who may or may not be gay, because that doesn't really get paid off Yeah, it never comes back. Um, And again, this, this is why I said this episode is a hot mess, because it feels like there are quite a few ideas which were maybe from separate episodes, and they all got kind of thrown into the same part. But yeah, it's strange. So Chris has found Angie's engagement ring. Uh, and when Angie turns up, we find out that Chris has actually broken into their house. Oh. And she tells him that Merv has been in Alaska on a field trip for six months uh, and mentioned that he was studying climate change. Angie was the original Greta. Um, I just thought that was an interesting that like we're still having the same conversation about climate change. Well, the, the, Well, we're not really because Chris seemed quite oblivious to it because yeah. Angie was like yeah because Chris was like oh did he just want like a change of like change of temperature like a warm holiday kind of thing and uh, Angie's so like he does. no climate change Chris the icebergs are melting and it's like oh whereas I think you know any teenage character now would know exactly what climate oh, change absolutely. is all about. Probably better than Angie would. Mm. Um, so at his party Anwar is talking to a girl I think she was called Sita uh, and he checks whether she's his cousin um, and she says she wants to tuck him senseless. I wasn't sure she said tup or tuck or... I just, yeah, it was interesting. But she clearly is interested in old Anwar mm-hmm. and she's not his cousin. So that is a bonus. Good stuff. Uh, Uncle Munir makes a joke about Anwar marrying his cousin from Pakistan and like announcing that this is his, his wedding reception. And then we get another... Uh... <laughs> <Good old laughs> what, <I'm... laughs> what noise but, am I making? Good old Uncle Munir. He's playing lots of 80s music, another little theme of skins. 
We got lots of 80s music in the Chris episode, particularly. Mm-hmm. Playing Give a Little Bit by Supertramp, an absolute banger. Posh Kenneth is also there, and he wants to dance with Jow. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. I quite like them as a couple. I think they're sweet. Not as a couple, but just as two people as having a, pairing, a dance yeah. together as a little pairing. I wish we had like more of a scene of them interacting though and like because you can imagine how Jao would like not necessarily be impressed by what like the persona that that Ken is trying to present. No but uh, I agree with that but also I think she would be endeared by it because I think there's there's a lot of similarities between Posh Kenneth and Jowl's brothers, like yeah. the way they are, you know, the kind of jokes about them. So Cassie and Water Bottle Girl are having chips at the bus stop, and Cassie has one more place she needs to go. Tony turns up for Sid at the facility, uh, and Sid is is kind of telling him that he wants to find Cassie and tell her he loves her. Well, hold the bus, because, like, they let Tony into this kind of maximum security cell. Padded cell. Uh, mm. And it's kind of like, well, what, what exactly what, what kind of facility are we running here? What kind yeah. of establishment is this? Well, we do know that Tony is very manipulative. So he's oh, clearly manipulated that. his way into um, becoming the sort of Clarice Starling of skins. <laughs> but Tony's going to help Sid. And I really like this, like Tony helping someone else for the first time without an ulterior motive yeah or the only motive being that he loves Sid and he wants Sid to be happy but Sid is saying he doesn't get it but we also find out that Tony has nicked Sid's dad's car because he's still Tony Uh, which leads to my favorite joke in the whole thing I think which Which is is, um Effie popping up up in the back seat she's so good (laughs) she's so good she is like a silent movie star she can really sell anything like she's so good um so yeah she's in the back of the car with her school uniform on she has that school uniform on throughout the whole episode which i'm not sure about and tony says you don't get the girl in bermuda shorts so he's been to sid's house and got Sid some nice clothes to to meet Cassie in. Which, you know, I think actually Cassie would prefer him in the Bermuda shorts. I think she might actually, yeah. She likes an eccentric dress sense. Back at Anwar's party, Anwar calls Maxie and it turns out Maxie is just outside. Uh, And we get this little scene where Maxie comes out to Anwar's dad himself. Which I wasn't, like, as the scene was progressing, I was like... I'm not sure about this. Is this going to be really awkwardly dealt with? But in the end, actually, I think it's a fairly like a fairly good way to handle it. Yes. I mean, it feels like it doesn't betray Anwar's dad's faith. Uh-huh. He clearly doesn't necessarily understand what being gay is mm. for Maxie. Um, but he says his God will make him understand. Like, it, I just feel like it doesn't betray the character. Yeah. But it still feels feels like it wraps that story line up yeah um and it doesn't it doesn't give any of the characters sort of short shrift yes and the fact that you know the the kind of resolution to that storyline is so low-key and it is so just kind of dashed off in one Mm. scene it's not the last scene of the episode or anything like that Mm -hmm. feels right yeah actually um so chris turns up at the party uh, and we've got our, our kind of episode one crew back together maxi anwar and chris uh, Tony, Sid, and Effie also turn up, and we get the final countdown. Dun, 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 <laughs> we can't pay copyright for music. No, sorry. So, uh, Tony wants Sid to find Cassie, and he gives him Cassie's letter. And as Sid rushes in to 
find her, Effie pops up again. Wanker. <laughs> like <laughs> her wanker. second line <laughs> in the whole series is fucking wanker. About So no, actually, you were saying before, like you think that dialogue was one-sided, but Effie was clearly taking that in and she clearly... Yeah. It's not necessarily that she cares... I think she cares about Michelle, but I think she cares mostly that Tony treated Michelle bad. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So we get Cassie, an old water bottle girl, turning up. But when Tony confronts her, she says she's leaving uh, and says, tell him goodbye from me. You're telling me that Cassie is off to Elgin without a second glance at Sid. And she's gone all this trouble to find him. Um, So Tony gives Cassie Sid's letter. Uh, This is like Tony using his powers for good, I think. Yeah, I think the, the idea as well of like Tony kind of finally being the messenger for Sid. Mm. Like, it's almost like he's literally running an errand for Sid. Yes. The way that Sid used to do his, like, dirty work for him. Yes. It's a nice um, note, a nice beat for his character. We just got this lovely redemption for Tony in this episode, I think. And I hope it all goes well for him. So Cassie leaves. Chris, Maxie and Anwar are dancing at Anwar's party and Posh Kenneth is DJing at this Mm. point. Merv turns up to get his ring back from Chris. With some camp goons behind him. Yes, and a fisting joke to which Chris says we hardly know each other. Mm. But in a hilarious mix-up, the ring gets dropped on the floor and when Chris kneels down to pick it up, it seems like he's proposing to Angie. Oh. What did you think of that? It was like you could see the strings being pulled to get it into jo- and that kind of Bridget Jones way do you know mm. what I mean like it's again a bit forced but in this skins universe it works yeah it does work you just have had a different experience of this episode than me but I had I'm remembering now I had drank half a bottle of wine while I was watching it so maybe I was just <laughs> feeling good about everything but Angie leaves Uh, And she's sort of turned down both Chris and Merv. So we get a great big set piece fight. Well, no, hang on, because the way that I should have mentioned, the way that Angie enters this scene is hilarious as well, because they're like Chris and Merv are having this kind of intense confrontation, but it's like quietly intense. Mm. They're kind of like staring each other down and Angie like runs and it's like, all right, all right, stop it. The pair of you as if they're causing like this big ruckus. And it's like, there's absolutely no need. Angie, just take it down. I think Angie kind of, she's a messy bitch who lives for drama and we can all relate to that, I think. But uh, Angie leaves and both Chris, uh, and she kind of turns down both Chris and Merv. And then we get a great big set piece. Fight. Fight. Now, Anwar pulling out that the roundhouse kick <laughs> was what kind of Buffy the Vampire Absolute Slayer. Absolutely, Anwar the Vampire Slayer. I loved it. I loved it. But also, actually, it's all there. You just have to watch, baby. Anwar's room. He's got pictures of, like, karate people on the walls. He clearly is well into that. Well, I'm assuming that Dev Patel must have had some kind of martial arts training mm, in the or background. because he loves was... karate. Yeah. But we get this nice... Like, I just get think we get these nice little character moments in the fight because like Jal is pushing people out of the way mm-hmm. and like Maxie's wrestling with the camp goons uh, and Chris is laid out on the floor laughing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so everybody seems to be kind of enjoying this opportunity well, who for, a, for a tussle. Uh, but yeah, Maxie's tussle in particular seems 
quite sexually charged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I wonder if we'll revisit these characters later oh, in the will episode. We? Meanwhile, Michelle is crying in the toilet. This is an iconic image. Like, this is one of the images, weirdly, that I associate really strongly with skins is Michelle crying on the loo. Well, I think crying in the toilets is like an iconic image in itself, but I'm not really sure why she's crying. Because she's sad. <laughs> she's sad. Well, she's drunk. Ah, and Michelle yeah. only cries when she's drunk. Yeah. Um, but... Just uh, like me. Just like, I don't know. <laughs> so Tony calls uh, and he wants to talk to her, but he's got a bad signal. And hasn't he just had a bad signal oh. series Ooh. long? But he's saying he can change. You're the only one for him. Oh, she's the only one for him. She say He says, I love you. He's finally saying the things that he needs to say to Michelle. Everything and, she wants to hear. And it feels like they're going to turn a corner. But who else turns a corner at this point? A bus driver. A great big bus. I fucking love this. Sorry, um, I, may, I might have made your ears explode there. I fucking love this. Moment. The absolute audacity of it. Well, it was there was a similar impact in Mean Girls. W- in Mean Girls, yeah. Well, I was I was like swithering whether to spoil, but I like. Well, if you haven't seen Mean if Girls, if you haven't seen Mean like, Girls, can... actually po- put this <laughs> podcast off and watch Mean Girls. Actually, don't just keep listening. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's the scene where a, a main character in Mean Girls, like in a crucial scene, uh, gets run over by a bus. Yes. Um, and that's exactly what happens with Tony here. And Tony actually is not a dissimilar character to Regina George in no, any way. No, actually. I do wonder if it's like a direct yeah. rip-off. Good writer steal. Yeah, I really love it. And then we get a little sing-along to the song Wild World by Cat Stevens. Uh, Yusuf Islam, as he's Yusuf also, Islam, known, also yes. known. Yes, or known now. Did you know this song when like, we watched this the first time? I, 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 I did know this song kind of vaguely. Um, my parents listened to a lot of kind of easily listening stuff, but I think I was just so taken aback it's... by this happening, and I loved it. I love it. It absolutely bangs. It's so out of left field, and it's so weird, but it's absolutely the best way to finish this big beautiful mess of a series it was the perfect ending of it and the fact that it is like a music video it's heightened yes um it's emotional it's funny it's weird it's a bit dirty and a bit grubby and it is distilled skins yes absolutely mike bailey can really sing he he does well with the song i mean oh here comes here she comes. Well, I mean, negative I think, I'm not a negative noun. I think you're a better singer than Mike Bailey is. Oh, well, we shall but, see. Um, shall we not? But, but yeah, for somebody who's, I would, you know, I would assume that Mike Bailey is not a trained singer, mm-hmm. uh, but he does a very good job with it. So we get singing in this song, we get Sid, Tony, Chris and Angie. We get little kind of glimpses of the characters throughout. Jal and Posh Kenneth seem to be hooking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jal is wearing Posh Kenneth's hat with the tags. The tags are staying uh, on. You can keep your tags on. There. Um, Maxie's cuddling up with the gay goon. Ah. And Sid's back on the bus. And Sid's back on the bus. Like just, in episode one. Just like in the first episode. Um, and we get lots of flashbacks and kind of scenes of Cassie and Sid and oh. being on the trampoline and all these lovely scenes that they've had together. It's so weird to watch this because like 
it is almost like Cassie's grown up through the series because she's like a child in that first episode when you see the flashbacks. Yeah. That's something that yeah, it did strike me, especially in the scenes with Water Bottle Girl early on. You could tell there was a different tone to Cassie's yeah. characterization, and she was like, she seemed, although she was still quirky and um, kind of a bit ethereal, she has this more mature quality to her and more of a world weariness yeah. but we we know from the last episode that she's c- kind of given up mm. i think kind of sid sid was one of the one things that was keeping her where she was mm. and she's maybe you know he fucked up and she wants to move on and then the episode ends on cassie uh, above bristol on her own back at her bench on her bench and sid comes and joins her puts his hand in hers and he says Hi. And it's just the most fitting last scene for this series. I absolutely fucking love every second of that. Something we should have also mentioned in, like, during Wild World, um, we see Tony. Yes. And Effie. Uh, Effie has come over to where Tony has been hit by the bus and Tony's body or... Tony is uh, singing. Yes. Uh, oh, he looks like a zombie. Well. Yeah, because he's like really pale. He's got blood coming out of his mouth. It's foreshadowing for Nicholas Holt's role in the film Warm Bodies. Mm. Yes. I remember being convinced uh, after this series ended that for series two, because we knew at that point that the whole cast, including Nicholas Holt, were coming back, I was convinced that Tony was coming back as a ghost. No way. I honest to God. I mean, thought, I think they could have done that. I think that's it the thing. It would have fit with the skin world, have done yeah. That. <laughs> um, I think we'll talk a little bit deeper about that in our next episode. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, the episode ending with Sid and Cassie. You think that's the that's the the best way to for series one to see series one out? Yeah, I, I think it's the right choice as far as I'm I'm concerned. I mean, imagine if this. Imagine if Skins hadn't come back because Skins was a risk. That was oh, a yeah. big risky mad show. That that risk might not have paid off. Like it did very very well. Um, it was E4's first drama. It was a drama for young people, and we weren't making them. Certainly yeah. not with this budget and yeah. in this slot in the UK. I, th- I mean, we're still not really. No. And it might not have paid off, and that might have been the last we saw of Skins, and it would have been perfect. Yeah. Again, we mentioned in in the episode one review that Sid was essentially the main character of that episode and probably the most traditional like hero's journey arc yes. of the series has been Sid's. Yes. Um so I totally get why Sid is the character that you'd want to see at the conclusion of the episode and Cassie, this other, you know, another really well drawn and kind of endearing character. Mm. Um at this point, that we really want to check in with. Did you like this episode? Long pause. E- kind of. It like it is a. I think it is a mess. This episode, like, it's all over the place. But there are aspects of it that I really love. I love the Wild World. Uh, yes. Conclusion to the episode. Like, I just think it is such a ballsy way to do it and so off the wall but so right people nicked that as well at the time remember that the series of shameless ended with that as well they ended with never forget by take oh, that yeah. um that I mean, didn't quite work as well but I, I feel like people 
saw that in Skins and nicked it a yeah. bit at the time. It was a bit of a trend. Yeah, the whole like breaking the fourth wall kind of thing. On balance, this episode had a lot of cool stuff in it, which outweighs the the dumb stuff and the the clunkiness and the awkwardness in it. But so overall, I liked it. And I think it was a fitting conclusion to the series. I can't think of anything in that episode that I would describe as dumb stuff. I just thought it was really good. I had a lovely time watching it. <laughs> what do you think is dumb stuff, Merv? I think it's more like the shortcuts that it had to take. like Stuff like Merv, it feels like if there had been an episode for that to breathe and for it to be like more fully incorporated into an episode, then that might have been cool but it just felt a bit rushed and jammed in but if it if that had space to breathe it wouldn't be skins that that stuff wouldn't because i think one of the things that skins does is that a lot of the episodes like they jam so much story in that this episode is doing a lot this episode is working really hard and there's a lot of plots spinning at the same time and wrapping up and having kind of satisfying conclusions. Well, I'll rephrase that then. I wish that we had a separate Anwar episode. Yes, I agree. um, Because I really liked a lot of the Anwar stuff in here. And as I said before, I think that he got pretty short shrift as as a character. And I would have liked to see more of his family. And like the kind of dynamics there were pretty interesting. I felt like there was a lot of potential there. The family stuff is the thing that makes me think even more so now that feels like evidence that Anwar was supposed to have his own episode because yeah. they cast that whole family. You've got the dad who's great, Uncle Munir, Nina Wadia as his mum, who's a, like a known yeah. face and doesn't get that much to do. He's got all these sisters um, and they. It's like I think they probably cast them and then they were like oh shit we haven't got an Anwar episode anymore Um, I I know that some of them will come back in the next series but yeah that felt like a shame. So could use more Anwar but which is not something I would have said at the start of this journey re-watching Skins Anwar was never one of my favourite characters Mine neither and you know with hindsight and knowing how big Dev Patel got like you can really see his charm yes. as an actor in this even in the the Russia episode which was never a particular favorite of mine mm. he is very engaging and it is like yeah I think the series could have done with more Anwar yes but let's talk about that when we're back next week for our series one roundup Ooh. In the meantime, uh, if you want to tweet us, we're at reskinnedpod on Twitter. Our email address is reskinnedpod at gmail.com. Hit us up. Hit us up with your Series 1 favourite moments, favourite characters, people you related to, things you would have liked to have seen, all that jazz. jazz. I'm sorry, listeners, you might be able to hear a a noise behind us. It's kind of... I think it's a big yellow school bus coming to knock us both out. (laughs) No! Now that I've lost everything to you Say you wanna start something new 
And it's breaking my heart you're leaving Baby, I'm grieving But if you want to leave, take good care Hope you have a lot of nice things to wear But then a lot of nice things turn bad out there Baby, baby, it's a wild world It's hard to get by Just on a smile Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world I'll always remember you Like a child, girl You know I've seen a lot of what the world can do And it's breaking my heart in two Cause I never wanna see you sad, girl Don't be a bad girl But if you wanna leave, take good care Hope you make a lot of nice friends out there Just remember there's a lot of bad and beware Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world Hard to get by, just on a smile Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world And I always remember you like a child, girl La, 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 la Baby, I love you But if you want to leave, take good care Hope you make a lot of nice friends out there Remember, there's a lot of bad and beware Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world It's hard to get by just on a smile Baby, baby, it's a wild world And I always remember you Like a child girl Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world It's hard to get by Just on a smile Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world I always remember you like a child girl